0: Welcome back to the Audacity. So excited to be here. I I was coming back last week and I did have an episode recorded and planned, but then I had to get ready for Puerto Rico, and I was like, instead of foreshadowing the Puerto Rico tea, why don't just go to Puerto Rico, come back, and record my episode? So I know my voice sounds shot, but to me, it kind of sounds sexy. Like I'm not gonna lie, but that could totally just be me, and heck, it probably just is me. But bear with me. I will try my best not to sing, but lately I've been in like, people will be like saying a song or something, they'll say words, and I'm like, bitch, I like, it's taking everything in me not to interrupt you and fucking hit you with these motherfucking melodic notes. Not melodic, but whatever, whatever. <laughs> and so, yeah, welcome back. I'm so excited to be here. I don't know, like, I'm just gonna preface this episode with I had a, I, I had a meeting with my tarot card reader, whatever, I believe in that shit. And um, she told me that this trip was gonna be like really enlightening and really relaxing, and it was. It like I know this is crazy, and the bitches who were probably who who went on that trip are listening to this, like Leah, you're a crackhead. What were, we, what were we even doing? Like, but I'm gonna walk through. I'm gonna spill the tea first, like da da da, and then I'm gonna like kind of walk through kind of some shit that I've learned and realized because it's like it totally has everything to do with the pandemic, like. But if it weren't for the pandemic, the course of what I'm going to talk about probably wouldn't have happened, and then, I don't know, like, I don't know if I would have been okay with that not happening, so I don't know, I'm going to get into that, get into it, like, I'm going to get into that, but yeah, welcome back, I missed you host. thank you to every single person who told me I was on their Spotify rap, that, like, brought tears to my eyes because <sighs> I have really, I be, I'm doing, like, a lot of sighs lately because I feel like that helps get every, like, emotion out, but... I don't know. Like this podcast really is my safe space. A dead ass. I get so excited to come on here. When I come on here, and it's gonna be weekly now to come on here and just talk about whatever I want. That brings me joy. And I just want to say thank you to every single person who listens. Like you have no idea what it means. Like dead ass. You're you're kind of like my therapist because I have I haven't gone to my therapist because my deductible is fifteen hundred dollars. Like being adult makes me realize that this is really all stupid as fuck. But yeah, I have not been to therapy. And this is kind of like my little therapist. And also, it's like the place, like, because I have a million thoughts in a minute, like, deadass, I'll, like, literally have to stop what I'm doing and write it down. Because, like, it does go in line with what I'm talking about. But now, like, I get to share all that stuff. And I don't feel like I'm holding so much in that I just want to share. Even if there's some stupid shit. Like, today I'm talking about why Shrek is my motherfucking twin flame. And that's important. And it's going to get deep. And one thing I like about my podcast, too, is I'll be looking at real mundane shit. Like... It probably has no meaning and then I fucking apply meaning because that shit probably does and then bitch I, I sound like well, I don't know I sound a hot mess but thank you for listening and I'm sorry for my voice but like I said I, I feel like it's kind of sexy like you know, a little rasp little rasp you know so but it totally may not be to you but that's fine whatever so let's get into the motherfucking episode. So, for part of my headlines today, I'm talking about fucking Chris Cuomo. And I am talking about Insecure because I got my life in Insecure. Um, then I'm going to get to my Puerto Rico tea, um, mix with a little bit of vulnerability. And then we're going to talk about why Shrek is my twin flame. And because I rewatch every single Shrek movie. till I could sit here and I could share with you why they're so important. Like, what's that? Is it like the Criterion movies? Totally. <laughs> I'm, like I'm kidding, but am I? Should be a part of the Criterion movies because not only is it beautiful, but it has so many meanings. And Shrek is really about race and speciesism, and that could kind of go hand in hand. But we're not we're not there yet. So <laughs> let's go to Chris. Let's start with Chris Cuomo. So Chris Cuomo, he is a um, newscaster on CEN. He he was kind of like he had some good ass, you know. He didn't have good ass segments. I don't, I don't watch the news, so I can't really compare the news. So whatever. He had segments that were kind of comforting to people during the pandemic, etc., etc. He was also he's also the brother to Andrew Cuomo, who was the governor of New York and who's like actually making really big decisions during the pandemic because New York was ground zero. And they had the most cases, and he was kind of leading the charge on how someone should be hearing the pandemic. While you have Greg Abbott, who's the governor of Texas, probably just dealing his dick in the office. Like I don't know, like what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Like Texas is a super hot mess. Like, like dead ass. When I first moved here, they were like, "Bitch, we're out of ICU beds." I don't think I said if I catch COVID, I'm fucked. Like I should stayed my black ass in Oregon. Oregon. Like what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? I heard that so so much over the fucking time. What the fuck is that, Fox? Like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) I'm hella sorry. Like, I hit the gonja burns a little too hard before this. (laughs) And I don't know, but I'm having a good time. I'm not going to let that fucking stop me. Back to Chris Cuomo. So, yeah. Andrew, Chris Cuomo. But... A couple months ago, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> the timeline begets me, but what, four months ago, there were whispers of, like, um, sex, some sexual assault allegations from AIDS and stuff, and, you know, they, they were like, oh, kind of denying it, kind of denying it, but more, you know, uh, survivors and victims came forward, and he ended up resigning, and then it came out that, I'm giving you, like, the super, super synopsis version, so, deadass, I will put my sources in my um, description, but um then if he it came out that chris cuomo who's a newscaster who is on cnn was helping his brother try to circumvent this um these sexual assault allegations which not alle- what crimes like it happened like yeah so um then he first had denied it and said he didn't really help that much but that's a fucking lie like doc the only reason this is coming out is because documents came out saying he was actually on the phone like trying to use his journalist. Context to find out more about these people and like what they were saying, and that's like that's hella unethical. Like you can't be on the news talking about politics and your brother's a politician who's done something really shady. So yeah, he got first he was put on ex suspension, and then he was fired, and now he's not getting his book is not coming out. He's canceling his podcast, um and his brother's political career is in the toilet. Uh, and I don't feel bad for these hoes. Like I actually really don't feel bad for you. Like and people who like seem like you can trust their opinions because they're they sound like they're on the right side always look at them sideways and i'm not going to say why but you if you know you know like look at who they are look at what they represent don't trust that shit like you're rich as fuck like you, sorry i was gonna sing a song i have to catch myself sorry you're rich as fuck like you it's not like okay <clears throat> it's about race what's really about cap. it's like about the one percent they're the fucking one percent. And basically, now that Chris Cuomo got caught, he's throwing everybody in the bus saying, like, oh, the CEO of CNN knew, like, all these niggas knew, and now they wanna say something. And everyone's saying, yeah, that's what happens when rich white men go down, they're taking everybody down with them. And that is so true. Like, Jeffrey Epstein, that's why that nigga dead, cause he was gonna take, he was like, if I'm going to jail, so are you bitches. Like, I'm about to ruin every single one of you hoes. And they're all into that shit. Like, why is pedophilia low-key the backbone of, like, rich societies or, like, the world or, I don't know, with men? Like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? Like, get a grip. Like, what, tell me what's sexy about women not giving consent. What's sexy about touching kids? Like, something, you're sick. Like, you're sick in the head. That's gross. Like, get a grip. So, I don't feel bad for these hoes. And even Chris Cuomo has sexual assault allegations, too. So, they're all doing dirty shit and acting holier than thou. Like, fuck off. I don't feel bad for them. Um, no, not at all. And, but, like, look at who they are. But all, all politicians are corrupt as far as I'm concerned, including AOC. Like, I've been thinking to myself, paying taxes. Like, I had to sell some of my... Well, I got to sell some of my stock for my job. And they taxed my shit hella. Like, tax that shit hella. And I was thinking to myself, this is some bullshit. Like, this is going to pay for... This, this isn't even, like... This is even, like, half of what it costs for a gun or some dumb shit. Like, probably what my taxes is is, like, 0.0001% of what the fuck they're buying. But I'm thinking to myself, like, stop. You, like... My, I don't want my tax money to go there. If that tax money, if they tax me so that a kid could go to college for free or some good shit, or we're fixing roads, or we're investing in mental health services, and we're figuring out how to, you know, up in poverty. Okay, yeah, tax me like tax the fuck out of me. I'm okay with that. Like I'll be okay getting taxed, But I know my taxes is going towards some super dumb shit. And I'm mad about it. Like, I don't want to pay taxes on that. Like, and then I'd be thinking to myself, like, we'd be, we be looking at politicians like celebrities, like, nah, nigga, you work for me. I, I work for you to do your damn job. So do your damn job. Like, I Donald Trump has paid more than taxes than someone who makes, or has paid less than taxes than someone who makes, than someone who makes $1,000 a year. That's crazy as fuck. Donald Trump has not paid taxes. <sighs> All these politicians, like literally like get a fucking grip you we run you and they got us thinking that they run us nah nigga i run you because you probably doing some dirty ass shit behind doors closed doors doing nasty shit like nasty 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 so that's a long-winded way to say i don't feel bad for you chris cuomo i don't feel bad for you andrew cuomo because you're doing nasty shit and what's done in the dark comes to the light and that is on tyler perry because that is (laughs) that's (laughs) what Because that's on the Tyler Perry, if you're only, you a nigga, 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 if you literally watched, um, if you watched all the Tyler Perry live plays, that's all the DVDs my family has, so that's what I was fucking watching, and I know, like, that's whatever, it is what it is, the past is the past, okay, we are done talking about Chris Cuomo, we're about to hop into Insecure, I just wanna do a quick thing on Insecure, so, when we were in Puerto Rico, we watched, last night we watched the newest episode of Insecure and I just got my fucking life because, and I also got to watch an episode with my other best friend and when I was to LA and I love, love, love watching Insecure with my friends because I'm like, Jesus, like, I, like as friends, like don't you have so much, don't you relate so hard to this, and especially as young black people, you know, don't you relate too hard, like relate so hard to this. And I don't know, like, I just super love that show, and I always have, like, since this first season. I think I've been been watching it almost since it came out, and I just really love Issa D's... I love Issa Rae. Her name's Issa D. I love her character just because I really see myself in her, and it shows me, like, it's okay to feel lost, because I think at any age you're going to feel lost unless you're like... Bitch, I hope I have it, like, kind of figured out by 60, 50. Like, I really do, but it's okay to feel lost, and you know, it depicts friendship so well and what it means to have a support system and lack thereof and happy black families and black love and just all things. Fucking team. I'm actually really not team Nathan or Lawrence at this point. Like, I think she's just easily both of them alone because, well, I'm more team Nathan because as a person who suffers her mental illness. By the way, I, okay, so I looked up to see, like, what were the symptoms of bipolar? And some of the symptoms I was like, but this is kind of how it feels to be black in America. So I don't really know, like, how to discern... (laughs) <laughs> i don't know how to discern what's like my leah issues or my my black woman leah issues i'm like i i don't know so there's that but anyways nathan struggles with mental health and I, I really relate to that and it'd be really getting me because my like, people don't give him patience and as someone who has a mental illness i recognize that i need a lot of patience because my emotions are kind of all over the place like sometimes they're unregulated and i need someone to kind of be patient with the fact that i do kind of be all, i am kind of all over the place you know so i kind of really not kind of i totally understand where nathan is coming from so i so i'm like y'all just need to be patient with him or like when his friend got mad at him it was like oh you just fell off the fucking earth i'm like uh that'll be me like i will disappear for like a month or 3 weeks and come back like a butterfly you know like we're not perfect you know i, I don't know so yeah team nathan love insecure Bow, bow, bow. Okay. Also, I really I'm gonna get a soundboard because there's so many sounds I wanna make. Um, so I don't have to make them because they're like little memes. So I'm gonna get a soundboard because I really wanna fucking do that. But um let's get into Puerto Puerto. Bitch, I'm not. I can't. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not I can't, I can't, I'm sorry. My my R's are not rolling, my mouth is Puerto Rico. There, got it. Okay so let me let me set the scene two lovers ripped right off okay sorry let me set the scene on the trip I need to stop apologizing too because y'all bitches better be sing along with me like get with it so the trip started off with th- 14 people which is most of us had never met and it was kind of crazy because 14 people on a trip together like that's kind of a lot that's 14 different like Two people is a lot of personalities. Okay, think about it. fourteen. That's like that was like a class size in my middle school. So fucking a class of people went to Puerto Rico. So basically, we fucking binge drank the entire time. Like I haven't even drink. I didn't even drink like that in college. Like what the fuck? I was drinking Mike's hard in college. I was taking shots of Patron to the fucking head. Take you to the head. Okay, I need to stop singing because I sound. I I'm not hitting my notes and it's really it's hitting my ego because I'm not hitting my notes so I think we finished more than 20 bottles of tequila crazy um on a personal note it was the first time I had really thrown ass in like a long time like that was really fun and I was an equal opportunist ass thrower which then got me thinking about homie hopping and thinking about is homie hopping okay because it makes me feel like men would homie hop in a second and not even feel bad but a bitch, oh, sorry, a woman would be a hoe if she decided to homie hop. So, but I, I would be a homie hopper. It depends on the group of homies, but I would be a homie hopper. Think about it. Would you be a homie hopper? I don't know. Anyways. So for activities, we did big dinner. So we went to Fogo de Chow, which, chef's kiss. And then we did a boat activity, um I had a really good time there I went to the beach I lost my fucking eyelash extensions we got really deep ass convos like super lit super good time I think I talked to every single person like that's and if you know me people I actually used to be no I am an introvert I recharge better by myself but I used to be painfully shy like I used to be afraid of people and I actually talked to every single person i felt like i had a good time with every person i was also able to just be my goofy ass self like if you know me if you know me you know me super goofy like I'm, it's like a little bit of goof and a little bit of dark humor like <laughs> i made a joke in front of my mom and she got so mad she's like leah why would you even say that because the car our car was like kind of not working or someone's car wasn't working or, or whatever. Our van wasn't working. We were about to mob to somewhere in fucking Mount Hood area in Portland. And my cousin wants to take another car. I was like, no, she should just take our car. So if something happens to the car, we'll all be stranded. <laughs> and she got so mad I mean She's like, Leah, shut up. And my feelings are kind of hurt at first. I'm like, girl, it was a joke. But, you know, my humor is not everybody's humor. But, honestly, I've been making myself fucking laugh. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. So, um... Yeah, I just got to have, like, my dark humor. And also, like, I've come to the conclusion I'm a messy bitch. But not, like, messy ruin your life. Like, I don't know. Is talking shit messy? I don't think talking shit is because someone has to be honest. Like, yes, there's a time and a place to not say things, which some bitches on this trip did not fucking know. But also, like, someone has to say it. Like, we can't just not say it. And I'm not talking shit because I think I'm superior. I'm talking shit because... I know I know my shit stank like bitch I know I'm a super duper ooper fooper trooper I'm super flawed like what the fuck I know I'm my shitting together so but I'm like someone has to say it though like we can't just not say it uh so yeah I talked some shit had a good time drank enjoyed myself like it was amazing on the boat trip okay let, let me set the scene two lovers ripped at the scenes dead ass let me set the scene this all this all okay so we decided to go well no i really rallied because i wanted to go to old san juan which is like the like, beach town super beautiful we went and i we went because i wanted to go salsa dancing with the locals you know had a good time listen to like some authentic music got my fucking life and, but we had to be up at 7 a.m. Because we had a boat trip and we had to drive an hour away. So we had to be up at 7. We, and we, but I wanted to go out. And two other guys were going out. So like, I'm going with them because I want to go out. So we left the house at 1.30 a.m. We had to be 7. The timeline is one thirty to 7. And... We stay out until 4, and some people stay out longer, but then you had to be up at 7. Like, we had to be up at 7, or else we weren't going to make any time for our boat trip. We'd be there at 9, you know, people have to get up and get ready. Um, So, two people did not wake up. One person just did not go. One person who wanted to go did not wake up, and everybody in the house woke him up, and then he didn't get up. (laughs) Uh, Sorry. Once upon a time that I heard that I was ugly, <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, but anyways, that person didn't get up, so they got left behind, and they were really mad, so I felt kind of bad, but you know, it's, it's the game we play, like, if you have to be up at seven, and you didn't, you came home at four, but you wanted to go out, I mean, there's a push and pull there, so there was that, and then, somebody who is non-black said nigger, So, <laughs> let me set the scene. <laughs> I'm sorry, I keep saying that. I'm sorry. I keep apologizing because I just know you're probably irritated with me. But don't go, baby. Please don't go. <laughs> I'm mad. I'm really mad at myself. I'm trying to be. On, I'm really trying to be on my best behavior, y'all. I'm, and I'm sorry. Please don't get mad. I know I need to stop, apolog- but I want you to stay. If you don't sing the song I think you're singing, then I don't have to tell you, but anyways. So, basically, I came home hella drunk that night. For This is also like um, a, a forewarning. I, I went off my antidepressants, and it, it was not because I forgot to take them as it has been before. I went off them because I thought that I was strong enough to regulate my own emotions, that I would not need a drug to help me regulate my emotions. And that is not the case, like... It actually kinda of makes me sad that I, I've been on these for a year and I'm still not where I wanna be. Like I think I've cried in the last two weeks more than I have in the entire year that I've been on them. Then I think that's a good thing. Like, I don't know. I just felt really numb when I was on them. And when I'm off them, I'm not numb and I like who I am. Like, honestly, what it kind of felt like is I went I went into hibernation for a year and when I stopped taking them, I like came to as like, damn, okay, I kind of like who I am now. These meds really did help. But then in some ways, I feel like I need to be back on them. So that's just all that to say, like my emotional walls are a little bit shaky and we came back from going out and I was just trying to make some eggs and some bacon, which I burnt the fuck out of that one of those pieces of bacon. Like that, it was fucking nasty. And um, we were talking about men. We were talking about men on the trip. Most of the men on the trip are black, mind you. Like, I'm gonna try, I'm just gonna count the non black people in my head so you can get the proportion, uh, the, the racial demographic breakdown of the trip. Okay. Okay, there were four non black people on the trip, which means there were 10 black people on the trip. Okay. 10 divided by 14. That's 71% of the people on the trip are black. Okay, there we go. So we're talking about the meal on the trip, which is 71%. And she, we we were talking shit, me and Deanna, two black, oh, let me bleep out her name. Me and so and so, let me bleep out her name, I'm gonna cut that out. Me and so and so, another black girl, were talking, and she says she said, like, she was talking about something that she was like, niggers. And then she was like, uh, <laughs> keep them. Okay. So this was my rationalization for this. I'm going to get to it after this. So, and me and her, she looked at us like we was going to beat her ass, which I didn't and I literally felt my ancestors like their ghosts fucking choking me out cuz honestly, I really do because I had such a bad nightmare after that and I think it was my fucking ancestors like you fucking dumbass bitch, you didn't say shit. Like my ancestors got me in my fucking dreams dead ass. <laughs> And so I didn't say anything, and I classed just drunk, and I had an emotional breakdown. I got really vulnerable and some hoes about all my childhood trauma, which, bitch, when I told them, I was like, I really only scratched 20% of what I've been through, but that's neither here nor there, you know, gradually, gradually. And so nobody said anything. We were both like, it's fine, it's fine. So I know I said it's fine. I know, I know. I know, I know, y'all. I know, I know. And so the next day when I thought about it, I was like, and I was talking to the other black girl, and I was like, well, you know, we, like, <laughs> one of the dudes on the trip kept calling the, the guys on the trip, like, that's some nigger shit, like, <laughs> which, you shouldn't laugh if you're not black, FYI, like, don't fucking do you better be fucking straight face. mum's a word, nothing. Which I know that that's, like, and my logic was we've been saying it so much on the trip, she might have thought it was okay to say it. And then the other black girl, she had to check me, like, Leah, no, like, she's not black. I'm like, you're right. Like, I should want to, I should be able to say nigger. Honestly, like, I kind of get the reclaiming argument in, like, not in, like, a... This is really an okay word, but more so like, if anything, I get to say, because you whipped my fucking ancestors, like, Jesus Christ, at least give me that, like, you didn't took everything from me, at least let me say nigger, like, damn, at least let that be the one thing that I have that you can't have, like, that's, and that's in the way that I understand the reclaiming argument, not that, like, it had, like, we're taking out the power, because we ain't never gonna have the power, more so, like, just let me have this shit, because you not took everything from me, like, at least I deserve, I was I was I will sing a song by stuff like I'm I'm good today I'm gonna be my best behavior so that was my logic for that and that's not logical because no one should ever really say it so then we went to the beach all the black girls and we had a black girl state of the union and we were like this is not okay but then there was a messy ass nigga sitting next to me (laughs) and I, I was like, can you leave? Like, don't say anything. Can you go? No, at first I pitched it as a hypothetical. And I was like, can you, like, leave? We're going to talk about something. And then he went back and fucking snitched to all the guys about, like, what we were talking about. And I was like, fuck. Like, I wasn't trying to get this to get to the whole house. And then I said to myself, why is it on the onus of me to protect her reputation when she was the one who said something so vile in the first place? Like, that's not on me. Like, I'm not doing shit like that. And then I said to, like, I said, like... All the black people, like she says that in her everyday language for her to just put that out there. And I'm thinking to myself, yes, she does. Because no matter what state I'm in, no matter how lifted, how faded, how fucked up I am, that shit would never even be in my vocabulary. Like that would never be something to even cost my mind in any state for that to come out. Like I would never say words and even in no other word will compare to what the n-word is. But even then I would never use one word that has been used to demonize oppressed groups and marginalized people. I would never use that shit to be mean or to be so nasty. So then I think to myself you And then she said ain't shit by Doja Cat was her favorite song. And I'm thinking to myself she says nigga in that song at least 50 times. So what about that song? is relatable to you. Niggas ain't shit, come up in your crib, off in your fridge, can't pay rent, look at what you did, listen to the shit when you say niggas ain't shit. Like, girl, why do you relate? And she said it was in her top Spotify rap. And low-key, if it was in somebody's Spotify rap, I was kind of looking at you sideways, something to yourself. How do you relate? Like, just, she's not talking to you. Like, get a grip, right? Okay. So yeah, that fucking happened and my ancestors just fucking rocked my world in that dream. I already know. Like, thinking back to that shit, that's the only thing it could have been. And I'm sorry I didn't do what was right. But how I thought about it was like, I'm not going to... And I also didn't want to be the angry black bitch on the trip with a bunch of black men because you know how they get. Like, I don't need to hear that shit. Like, I didn't want to hear that shit, so I didn't say anything. But in retrospect, who gives a damn? Like, But also, if them niggas was shit, they would have said something. But you know what? Let's not hear it there. Whatever, whatever, whatever. So, yeah, that happened. So, but it, it it was inevitable, right, for someone to say nigger, like, for non-black. It was inevitable. It had to be one out of four. And, you know, sometimes I go, I do the nigger test with people at the club where I put a song on around somebody who's not black, and I, will, I won't I will sing on the end part, and I just want to see will they say it. And some of you hosts have been caught up. So you need to mind yourself, okay? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Sorry, I had to clear my throat. We had deep conversations, like, you know, like, dead-ass deep conversations. I think why they were really important were because there's things I haven't thought about that I should probably have answers to. Like, seriously. And that was, like, damn, like, your questioning like, what would I want in a partner? What kind of partnership do I want? Like, how many kids? Like, that's actually shit I, I kind of want to know because that'll help inform, like, making real adult decisions. And that's one per. Um, I fell in love with a reggaeton artist. His name is Mike Towers. He is one of the guys that was like, you would find the, the most black-looking reggaeton artist. The most nigga-looking reggaeton artist. And I fucking did. He's fucking fire. His music videos are good. His voice sounds so good. It's like... It's like fresh water just going down my body. Like, wow. Um, <laughs> and his music videos are good. And he just, be, like, he just seems like he's he needs somebody to love him. And I'm thinking to myself let me love you and i will love you until you learn to love you i want to do a song association game with somebody because i feel like bitch i'll fucking win that shit but i'm not good under pressure (laughs) sorry um (laughs) i honestly hate drake at this point like drake was a bunch of these niggas personality traits like pick somebody else and i know what they're gonna say like leah you like drake too but i like Crying over a stripper, Drake. I like old Drake. Like, I stopped listening to Drake after it. I don't know if nothing was the same. I think if you're reading this too late, it came out after nothing was the same. I stopped listening after that, because um, that's when all like the white people got a hold of him. I was like, this isn't fun anymore. Stop sniffing coke. I tell him hug and kiss the ass, X and no, and kiss a ring while I got it. Okay. So, anyways, I I hate Drake at this point. Like that's all they fucking played was Drake. Like, get a fucking like nah no, 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 like, um, yeah, Jesus, and they didn't play any women artists, which is very telling. and the women artists they played was Cardi B, like, Cardi B says she's not black, Cardi B says she, black women are roaches, that's not the black woman I'm talking about, I ain't getting no fucking Rico Nasty, and y'all niggas need to stop doing my girl Rico Nasty fucking wrong, because it's not a cute look, um, but ultimately, 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 the running question is, can 40 people go on a trip successfully? And I pulled the group, and mostly everybody said yes. I mean, I would say, like, okay, I talked about all the things that were kind of okay, right? I just said I fucked around and caught a crush, and now I'm distraughtly sick, which I don't think it was that. I think it was, um, I didn't have no voice the other day, and I thought I had COVID, but. What can I tested neg? But what can you tell me? Why COVID taking a COVID test? Like it's like, do I have an STD or like, am I finding out I have something deathly ill at this point? Like that's how scary the test is. Like when you get the answers. So yeah, I passed my my COVID test, but most people polled yes. Like okay, I would say yes, but like we were just like we were basically like okay, let's just all go to Puerto Rico period, full stop, just vibes, like full stop, let's just go to Puerto Rico, nothing, we may booked one thing, and not even everybody bought their ticket in advance, like some people bought their ticket, like the, when they were there, like for this boat trip or whatever, which it was very beautiful, but I was very hungover, so this person could have literally just took my ticket, the one who didn't go, but yeah um so there was no schedule and like and somebody was like Leah, like you look anxious as fuck like you just wanted to, to go with the flow like you can't go with the flow. And i'm like yeah no i can't because this is a hot mess like i'm go with the flow when we have parameters like okay if we were like okay we're gonna hit up these four spots today and at these times in between we could just do whatever there was too many people for us to all get on the same accord like one of the niggas got caught with the girls and he was like i'm on he was basically on bitch duty he's like reservation blah, blah 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 like doing you know organizational shit like important like thinking ahead right um so like that was a hot mess so I don't think that should have been it um I do think while I was co-ed like most of the fucking duties from the women I'm not even kidding like i yeah whatever surprise 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 but I think some of the pros were some of the people <laughs> not some of the people but she, yeah, anyways, yeah, actually, some of the people. Because um, I was able to do like deep introspection and meditation, which I mean, I don't know if I came out with any clarity, but I did, I did think I came out feeling better. And I think why I came out feeling better is because um, college, I was with people on this trip who were like 28, 29, 26, 27, et cetera, like really successful people, people who are really doing something in their field, successful. And I had always felt like in college, I never was able to find my group or my people. And I I always felt like college is just this passing moment in my life. While I see a lot of people who are, like, the only person I'm really still friends with, I'm only friends with really anybody from my past, and that's really from high school. Like, seriously. And I just always felt myself, like, trying to pass these moments that I have to be in these spaces to get to where I want to go. And it was the first time I was, like, actually around people, like, I really do vibe with you. Like, I think you're dope as fuck. And... I'm interested in you and I'm learning from you like I think that's what it is it's like I I am inspired and want to learn from my friends and if I can't do that it's really hard for me for us to be friends like I want to always be on my toes or I want to always be having a good time and I was able to do that but I also think too like the pandemic has like done irreparable harm on me as a person and I and and it like re actually what I do think like seriously I think the pandemic broke me to rebuild me I'm not kidding like I started seeing a therapist, I went on antidepressants, and I like, I've literally spent a year putting myself back to, like, Humpty Dumpty fell off a fucking wall, Leah Sparkman had a great fall, all the king, all the king's horses and all the king's men could not put Leah together again. (laughs) 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 (sighs) (laughs) I'm sorry for how seriously I said that shit too, because it's not that serious. I'm sorry <laughs> I'm sorry I'm dumb as fuck but you know what I'm making myself laugh and that's all that fucking matters and that's um so anyways yeah and this was a culmination of like me testing myself out with other people but also like I know that this sounds really weird and I don't know how to place this and I tried to look it up because so I thought it was a word but I guess not like, I see myself in other people, like, I see myself re- reflecting on other people, like, everybody can bring something different out of you, every single person you interact unlocks another part of who you could be, or who you are, or w- what your conversation is, and I was, like, able to do that shit, like, and I miss doing that shit, like, I could really talk to any, deadass, I could really talk to anybody, I grew up around, like, I think it's because I really grew up around old people, and old people would talk to any fucking body, they don't give a fuck, and I was just able to do that, and, and I was able to realize with the encouragement of others, like, if being vulnerable is not a uh, a disservice, it does nothing to say what your strength is, you're opening up, and it's even stronger that you're opening up, because particularly as a black woman, you don't really get that grace, and like, bitch, I'd be crying, like, I'd I, I be crying, like, I need, I need to cry, like, I'm not, I have strengths, like, that's what I think, I'm not, I, I have strengths and I have weaknesses. I am strong in some areas of my life, but I also have weaknesses that trigger me and make me weak and I wish that people could look at black women that way. Like, there is strength there, but there's also weakness there and there's also somebody who just needs somebody. Um, And so, yeah, like I was just able to be every part of myself and I just had a good time with everybody. Um, I got to peel back some of my layers on my onion, Shrek reference. Um, uh, and I think, like, this made me realize how the pandemic has done, just fuck people up, because people need human connection, and that's been altered, and that's been altered and stifled, so, yeah, I don't know, like, it was a good trip in that regard, and and if these people don't know, like, we're kind of friends now, like, I want to be your friend, if, I mean, if you're saying the N-word, nah, but I want to be your friend if I, like, encounter you, if we encounter and we hung out, so you kind of have, like, me as your friend if you didn't fucking know okay so yeah I think also too like if anything that this trip brought out it was kind of like a lot of insecurities and everybody has them. everybody has them like to be honest like I didn't even want to take photos because every photo I looked at I just felt so fucking fat and like I'm at the biggest place I've I'm the, I'm the biggest I've ever been and I know that doesn't seem like a lot but that that is a shift like most I'm buying new clothes because most of my clothes don't fit. And like, yes, I've been working out. So I've been building muscle, but I've gained 40. What? Honestly, I may have lost some weight, but I've gained 30 pounds since the pandemic has started. And that's been really hard on me. So I don't really have that confidence in my body right now, which I've never really had. Like in some places I have, I have extreme body dysmorphia. I think a lot of us do. And I think it's Instagram's fucking fault or meta, whatever the fuck that shit is. And then also, like, I don't know why this bothers me. I mean, I know why, but I'm, like, I I don't know why it bothers me when I know better and I have the research and I have the knowledge. It just, like, but basically, like, I was the darkest black woman in the room, and I mean, in the group, and I know it shouldn't bother me, I know it shouldn't, but, in, like, inherently, it really does, like, if not inherently, like, it really does because inherently or unconsciously my whole life I've been treated, like, my skin tone it's like just wrong and and it's been within my family it's been in like group settings etc it's been like how i've been treated by people um which is why like i feel the need to perform perform i don't know like dead ass (sighs) but it just made me feel like damn like why do i feel like because of my skin tone i'm not as beautiful as like the other lighter skin women or light skin or just lighter lighter than me and just like I was like, Jesus, like stop beating yourself up, Leah. You know it's not true. But it's really hard because I feel like that's the bad side of seeing myself reflected off others. Sometimes people will project shit and I'll take it personally because I feel like, damn, like what am I doing? Like, is it me? Et cetera. And I have to stop that. It's just hard because I'm like, like, damn, is it me? <laughs> like, damn, I know. So that was like something I had to work on and I know that's something i have to work on i also part of like just like my complex with like my skin color and it's not i don't hate my skin color like i don't want to sound like that I'm a, it's like it's like what Shrek said I'm gonna get into it. it's he said it's not me, it's the world. like they make me feel like something's wrong with me and I know that there's not and sometimes you just kind of listen to the world when you really have to listen to yourself. but building that confidence and listening to yourself is like really hard and it's that armor like I like to think of it as like armor and like shields like sometimes that's just not activated for me sometimes that's not working for me, you know um, And then also like, okay, like I'm gonna get deeply personal here, but well, let me make one other point, and then I'm going to get deeply personal. Like all these, all these women were so beautiful. Like honestly, like super pretty, and they were talking about like how they struggle today, and they're having a hard time. And I was thinking to myself, "Uh, bitch, what, then what the fuck is for me? Like, damn, like if you bitches are struggling, it's only it's only downhill from here. It's not uphill." And that was hard. Okay, now let's hop into this. This is a twofold. This is a two part. I'm going to get really personal, but. This is my space and I need to have the audacity and I know other people may have been through this. So like, I haven't had sex in three years because I've like, have experienced continual sexual trauma and not like rape, like, oh, trigger warning, not like that, not like that type of sexual assault, but just like been, and the trauma is like in a way of like, when I lost my virginity, he was so traumatic, there was so much blood, he was a total asshole, he did not care. And then... My next experience was okay. And then my next experience, he blamed me for him not getting hard when he truly had a micro penis. Like, okay. So there's that. And then, oh, not me fully getting my body count. Well, whatever. And then there was one time in London, and it, I got so scared. Like, I, oh. <sighs> we literally were going 40 minutes strong, no train. Like, what the fuck? And then. I thought I had an STD, and he really didn't care, and and then the pandemic happened, and I was like, you know, like, then I made a promise to God, like, oh, I'm going to be celibate until I find someone who cares, like, isn't that so sad? Like, my only parameter is to find someone who gives a fuck about me, and so then I told myself on a trip, like, yeah, I would do it, like, the some of the guys are super cute, and then I just couldn't, because I'm like, first of all, if it fucking sucks, and I, bu- I busted my three-year promise to God on your shit, then... I'm I'm hexing you. I'm putting a curse on you. But then another part was like, I don't know. Like I just am really scared to open up in that way. And I think, I feel very broken sexually. And then additionally, like I feel very broken emotionally because I have so much trauma. Like I've never in my life, not nowhere in my family, nowhere in my family have seen a working relationship. Never. Like not. I'm like racking the my head. All the women I know are single, strong black women. Um, but I've never seen a working relationship. So then I think to myself, am I even capable of a working relationship? I don't even know how this goes. So I'm emotionally broken. But then I'm mentally broken because I don't value myself. And it's very clear. Like, I literally think to myself, like, Leah, who would want you? Like, I'm, like, mentally racking my brain thinking that. And that's not healthy. I totally acknowledge that's not healthy. But then that's, like one of the girls on the trip she did something she said Leah what's your most self-destructive thing you do and it's negative self-talk like I am my biggest bully I'm my biggest enemy I know that I'm yeah I just I tear myself down she goes Leah what's your love language and I said my love language is words of affirmation and I'm so down to affirm other people and show my love for them you know but I don't do that for myself and that's hard for me and I don't know how like I don't I don't know how to turn the voice off in my head that's saying all these negative things about me and making me feel bad and I don't know like that's something I assume need to work on and I just have always felt undesirable and I know that links to multiple things I'm talking about like it relates to colorism and my identities but also my mental health issues my sexual issues like all this other stuff so yeah I mean and I what the it took this trip for me to realize to actually put the puzzle put the puzzle pieces together and say, like, here's what you're going through. These are a lot of your issues. And I would like to think of myself as a super retrospective person, like but I never been like, damn, like bitch, like I mean I knew I had issues, but now I kinda know why I have issues. But you know, I'm all I'm just my my biggest enemy, like I'm my worst enemy. And you know, I was also, like, able to confront my biggest fears, and I think my biggest fears are, like, I never, I'm so, I'm scared to be alone, like, one girl made a point on the strip, she was, like, if I died, it would literally take a couple of days for somebody to find me, right, like, I'm feeling that shit, like, if I died, it would take a couple, it would take a couple days, maybe a week, or if something happened to me, no one would directly notice, like, that's kind of a sad thought and scary thought, and when she said that shit, I was like, "Damn! Like I'm, I'm in the same boat, sis." And then, my other, my other biggest fear is to never experience love. Like, oh my god, I love love. I love love. I love rom com movies. I've seen them all. Like Shrek is a rom com, I was fucking crying the first one when I rewatched that shit. I was getting all of my fucking feels when they were. She she called him a bee, chicken bone or whatever, and. <laughs> And they made those little balloons and they was just fucking bonding. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. Like, hello. Father, can you hear me? Okay. So like, I don't know. Like I was able to confirm some of those fears, but also like in the same breath, acknowledge that. I need to take advantage of this time too. Like I'm thinking to myself, if it happens right now, amazing, great. If it doesn't happen right now, amazing, great. Like if I had a boyfriend, there'd be so many things I want to do, but if I didn't, I, there's so many hobbies that I want to do and so many things I want to do. So like d- with this trip, it like forced me to verbalize my wants, my needs, my fears, my dreams, and my hopes. And that's amazing. Like dead ass, my tarot card reader was right. I gained a lot from this trip. I, I confronted a lot of shit. And I think I'm not, I think I know I met some good people and hella dope people, hella successful people. One of them, he's have he has a LeBron James documentary coming out on IMDb TV next week. I want to say, or the sixth something, something like that. It's called top class. So yes. Okay. This is a ad break and the ad break is, okay. So I'm putting out applications for a house husband, house boyfriend, your responsibilities will include uh, $250, $300 contributed to rent monthly. Uh, you need to cook. Like, I need to taste your menu first. So, like, that's a must. You need to clean. Okay. Um, spotless, you know, like typical black cleaning um, traditions. Um, you must be available at all times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually amazed I was able to get to it um so flawlessly without laughing (laughs) but yeah anyways yes I'm putting out an ad for a boyfriend um it would be nice so yeah if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't but okay I'm shifting positions I started recording in bed and I think that's the way I need to go because that's like home base and it's really comfortable and i can just like sit here talk shit, get hit okay so why shrek is my twin flame so it literally just dawned on me sorry i'm like i can't wait to move god bless three more months but it literally just dawned on me that the reason i like shrek is because i pers i so personally relate to shrek like what shrek be going through like just get the fuck out my swamp like i told you like back up bitch, back up off me, back up, like, back up off me. Um, but also because, like, like, Shrek doesn't feel beautiful. Like, he, he struggles with solitude and making friends and opening up. And But he learns those things. He learns those things. But then he once he has those things, he struggles with being grateful. Like, I really relate to Shrek's ass. And so I thought to myself... Let's talk about Shrek. But then I watched the movies and I, Shrek talks about race. Shrek talks about speciesism. Shrek Shrek talks about being othered. Shrek talks about fat phobia, like dead ass. Like Shrek be talking about shit. So let's get into it. So I'm going to tell you the real life, real life ass messages and values of Shrek. And I rewatched all of them, so this is fresh information. Okay, so we're starting off with Shrek One. I in retrospect my pre my ranking was gonna go two um four, one, three. But I would take that back and now I'm at a one two four three. I would do a one, two, four, three. Uh, because I, I was on the trip and I did a little poll when I was on the trip and I asked somebody and they were like Shrek 1 I was like yeah you're tripping but then I rewatched it and all my notes were really for Shrek 1 because it was so fucking good so basically like in Shrek 1 like there's a focus on solitude and being alone like when they're in the intro scene he's just being fucking nasty but he's doing his self-care I guess it's an ogre self-care routine yeah I just felt like he was able to be alone and then he won he saved well he didn't say donkey he ran into donkey and then donkey became his friends but like donkey was annoying i was looking at <laughs> i was looking at some research and they're like he I donkeys he struggles with codependence <laughs> so but he does struggle with codependence because he won't like leave shrek alone like after shrek would have insulted me as many times as he had i'm like okay like fuck you and your mama um, so there's that. Then you have you have gentrification with Lord Farquaad. Like, how are you gonna kick out all of the fairy tale creatures, black people? Then you gonna say this is my shit, so I can do whatever I want with Duloc. Fuck y'all, find for else to stay. So then they run to Shrek, who's like the black leader. <laughs> I'm over exaggerating. Whatever. And so yeah, we have gentrification with Lord Farquaad. One thing that actually broke my heart was when Shrek was going to rescue Fiona and she was like, Oh, take off your mask, take off your mask, take off your mask. And he Shrek takes off his mask and Fiona just looks at him like she's fucking disgusted. And then he's like smiles with his like crooked teeth and she like looks at him. I'm like, damn, like you'd all you had to do you didn't have to say nothing. It was like she made Shrek feel like if she was he wasn't the option for her, which is a way to say that without being fucking mean. So that was fucking rude. And then, you know, When they pick up the princess and they're going back to Duloc and they have a conversation and Donkey asks Shrek, what's his problem? And Shrek said, he said, I'm not the one with the problem. It's the world that has a problem with me. People take me, people take one look at me and say, i help run big, stupid ogre. They judge me for they know. They know me. That's why I'm better alone. And I was like, damn, like, I really feel that nigga. Like, damn, like people don't even know me. They be casting judgment and... I just be wanting to be loved. Like, damn, that's fucking rude. But then you have, like, on the flip side of that, you have Donkey who cares and I, he opens up. So that's really his bestie. Like, that's his nigga who gonna fucking ride for him. He opens up to him. And, you know, it's about seeking friendship and being vulnerable letting friends into your life. And, my, also, my theory is too, like, Fiona's, like, she's what, she, I feel like they're Shrek and Fiona are interracial, they're in an interracial relationship. And when she transforms into an ogre, she becomes black. Like, you know how when some people are married to black people as a white person, they're automatic. no, they are automatically treated like like they're associated with blackness, so therefore they're outcast from society and treated so awfully because somehow they've aligned themselves with the enemy. That's one theory. Or Fiona's biracial and she just chose to embrace her black side. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. Um, but I thought that, like, They were, like... They were a real-ass couple. Like, they found themselves in one another. That made them both better people. Um... And, yeah, I just, like... Shrek 1 had it going on. It had me all in my fucking feels. Like, I'm trying to find my Shrek. I mean... And that's on period. So, now, okay, we're gonna go to Shrek 2. Shrek 2... I don't know if I should give a synopsis of the movie. Shrek 2 is basically, like... They gotta go meet the in-laws. Um... In far, far away land royalty, and Shrek is just made to feel like he ain't that nigga. So then he go takes a potion to make him feel like that nigga. But then Fiona doesn't want to be that nigga. She just want to be like Shrek. And then, yeah, that's <laughs> that is the short version of that. Um, But when I was watching, that, I was like, Prince Charming, you are so fucking entitled. Like you are an entitled, white man. Like you didn't get there first. She got with Shrek. Back the fuck off. But you gonna make your mama fight show battles because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. But then also like. Shrek sacrificed for the love of his life. Like He was like, I'm willing to go take a potion to make us look back beautiful so you never have to deal with that. And that kind of made me sad because I'm like, everyone's always making Shrek feel like he doesn't belong or Shrek always feels like he doesn't belong. And that really makes me sad because Shrek is me and I am Shrek. (laughs) Um, But then through this movie, you learn that you don't have to be white and thin. To experience love or to be happy but I did have some qualms like when she, Fiona was yelling at um when they got into a fight after the fairy godmother popped up and she was calling him an ogre it sounds like she was calling him a nigger like the way that they use ogre in this movie is kind of sound like they're calling Shrek a nigger like dead ass, I'm not kidding like that's with how much disdain and disgust is coming out of their mouth and it's bothersome um but it just it just made me like because there's so many real world parallels like for example like Let's think, um, like outside of that, that's like me dating a guy or me being around a guy in his community. And they're all like, Oh Leah, you have a fat, you have a flat ass. If your ass is just so flat, like flatty, flat, McFlat, flat, like, <laughs> like just saying like really rude shit. And then I got a BBL, which a BBL is irreversible. I think that's the only thing that's the difference. And then I got a BBL to like match that you know, but I'm doing it for someone else, I'm not doing it for me, I don't feel comfortable in my, like, you know, self, so that's, like, super fucked up that everybody did that to Shrek instead of accepting him how he is, but that's why I think he's black, like, come on, like, Shrek is an other, like, I think the day Shrek is an other, it, he's a awful species, like, whatever, that's fucked up, okay, so then we have Shrek 3, so this one is basically the, the uh, king dies, he's a frog, The king dies and then Freck doesn't want to be the next heir. So he goes to find the other heir while Fiona tells him he's pregnant. And then Prince Charming tries to plot revenge with his crusty, dusty ass. Um, And Rapunzel's a hating ass hoe. And and basically him doing white entitled shit trying to take over because he didn't win and he feeling bad. And this one was really just about like learning about people for who they truly are and accepting them that way. Because like he wanted Artie to change, or he just wanted Artie to come back with him and just told him all these lies to get him to come back with him instead of really accepting him. And then he fought for the death for him. But it's also too about like accept- being open to new opportunities and being uh, uh, being okay with accepting your fears because Fred was pressed, not Fred, Shrek was pressed when um, Fiona when he found out Fiona was pregnant and then he had three kids. And then but also Donkey had kids with you know the dragon but people are saying that the the reason they came up with the donkey dragon is because they asked they asked like a bunch of kids like what would be the proper mating between those two and they came up with like a donkey dragon so that's people are saying that's not realistic but i'm like that's kind of cute though so yeah that was shrek three and then shrek four shrek four was really just about being grateful because that's when we do the roar and then <laughs> but he was just mad and he just wanted his life going back to normal where he was just in the swamp but then he lost all of that through fucking with Rumpel's stilt skin. And then he realized that he had to learn how to be grateful for everything that he does have because he wouldn't be who if he didn't if he wished that he'd gone back the day he was born, then he wouldn't have he wouldn't have Fiona and his kids and Donkey and etc. And like all of the uh fairy tale creatures. Which is all the black people, truly and truly. But yeah, like that was my little Shrek episode can yeah. not can't believe I talked for this long tell me if you like the organization like I tried to be a little bit more organized I think this is my most organized podcast to date um but yeah thank you so much for listening I super love y'all you don't have to be here but you are and that means the world um happy Thursday payday tomorrow um yeah I'll talk to y'all later